Welcome into episode two of the Crossover Podcast. We have an awesome uh, episode in store for you. We have Antoine McLean on the show. He's a former NFL guard and currently works in player engagement for the University of Tennessee. We want to start off with a quick statement on the current state of the country. So with everything that's going on, we want to express our deepest condolences to George Floyd's friends, family, and loved ones, and anyone else who was affected by his senseless murder, which is, frankly, everyone. We know that as three white men, your hosts, we can never fully comprehend what it's like to be a black person in America, but we have all taken these past several days as an opportunity to reflect on our privilege and educate ourselves on how to improve as human beings. Um, we urge you to do the same and to consider donating to one of the many causes looking to fight these types of injustices, such as the Minnesota Freedom Fund, Communities United Against Police Brutality, Black Lives Matter, um, or numerous others, if you're able. To minorities everywhere, please know that we are with you, and we sincerely hope that our nation learns and grows from this horrific event. Um, thank you. Antoine, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Actually, relaxing this this beautiful Monday. Yes, sir. Where are you based out of? Well, I'm based out of uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, um, by way of Knoxville. Nice. So, obviously, there's a lot going on in the news and current events. Do you have any thoughts that you want to add to what we just said, or or that you want to share? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a it's a shame, man, um, that we continue to history keeps repeating itself. With you know the. Uh, police brutality and the social injustice. So I think it's like, <clears throat> no one would ever know what it's like to be a black man, but a black man and being a black man in America. So I just think everybody should be cautious of that. And as well too, is just make it an equal playing field. And as well as the the law should be, not just affect the, the pedestrians, but it should affect everybody. So nobody should get, you know, the golden rule. Anybody should get um, passed on because of their, their job title, their badge. So, you know, it's just, um, everybody wants justice and everybody just wants um, everybody to do a peaceful protest. But, you know, <laughs> uh, watching this show, um, everybody's angry. And it's not just black and just white. It's everybody that gets racism and everybody that gets, you know, what's wrong. So that's my take on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. So hopefully, you know, switching topic a little bit. As you know, this is the crossover, and we're definitely going to get into your other ventures in life. But quickly, do you want to just kind of talk about your career, how you got to where you are today? Right, right. Well, so my current position now is um, I'm in student athlete development at the University of Tennessee. But backtracking, um, was a high school All-American. Had a chance to go play football for four years at Clemson University. Had a chance to um, you know win an ACC championship in the first of 20 years. Start help you know help build that. Uh, that trainer that's moving right now and uh, had a chance to spend four, five years in the National Football League uh, which my rookie year I won Super Bowl um, and then I ended up finishing my NFL career with the Cardinals um, and then I finished my last year of ball of, of just football in general in, um, in Canada and Calgary so after applying you know finishing up football I got into um, total uh, academics and I was focusing on um player development and, you know, helping guys understand what their resources are after playing, helping them transition from from uh, football into a life, as they say. So I'm actually now, I took a position uh, at the University of Tennessee, so here I am. Congrats. So what is it like to 
constantly be on the move and switch between cities. Is that something that you always looked forward to? Did you enjoy that aspect? Is that something you sought out? Well, I know as a kid, I've always, my dad did a good job of like, you know, taking us places as a kid. So I traveled a lot. Um, every Christmas, every other Christmas or every holiday, we was traveling somewhere. So yeah. I've always was fun to travel. I'll be the only one in the car up. It'd be just me and my dad. And then my brother would be asleep. My sister would be asleep. My auntie would be asleep. So it'd just be, you know what I'm saying, me up, just watching, looking out the windows. And even so, playing in high school, you know, on those road trips, uh, away games, you know, I get a chance to stare out the window and just think about my career and what, where it's headed. So I've always, you know, been on the move. Um, I, I, I always tell people, from the age 16 until like last year, right? Even right now, my life has been one big roller coaster. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> traveled, traveled all over the country. I had a chance to play ball with some of the greats. I had a chance to travel across the uh, the world too as well. So uh, it's it's good to see different customs and different ways. I remember even going to Mexico and helping those guys, you know, do football drills and just learning how passionate those guys were about learning, even the the, the women as well. So and they learned about the different. Uh, football league for women. So it's just football has taken me a long way. So I don't mind to travel, but I'm Sagittarius too. So I love to travel and I love to see, you know, different, a different bubble that's other than mine. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite place? Uh, like vacation or just like in general? Uh, let's do both. Well, my favorite vacation place uh, is, is, is has to be Jamaica. I love Jamaica. It's beautiful. Uh, I would say my favorite place that I've lived in uh is definitely uh Phoenix, Arizona and my favorite place to travel to. I have two. It's uh Tampa, Florida, where my uh, my a great deal of my family is and Houston. I love Houston. I've heard nothing but good things about Houston. Yeah, it's nice. Uh what's going on, Antoine? Stevie, nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Um I'm just curious how young were you when you when you knew you wanted to be a professional athlete? Like did you know as soon as you, you know, as long as you can remember, as soon as you start playing football or, or in high school when maybe your body matured a little or just when was that click when you, when you realized you were going to be a professional athlete? Um, I remember like when I was like three or four, uh, my mom turned to my mom and my uncle turned to something on TV while I saw these men running in like with a, jumping up and down, running fast and different logos and with pads on and I kind of okay. That's something that I want to do. I even remember the, the game of that that I was watching. It was the Indianapolis Colts and the New Orleans Saints. This is me at four years old, but and I've always been a big guy. I've always been the biggest one in my class. I've always been a standout body or whatnot. So from a kid, I've always been told I'm gonna play ball. I'm gonna do something different. That you know, a lot of kids get that from them to their to the head of the kid. You know, at a young age. So I kind of always knew I was gonna do something. Yeah, so I kind of like tailored my life, but I didn't. I didn't really get serious about football until well, the light bulb went off like seventh grade, and then I remember high school. I was starting varsity, so I kind of all right. Well, I know I could. I to me, like, I have nothing against people working like regular nine to five, but I just knew I wasn't going to be the guy sitting behind the counter, uh, cooking wings and fries all my life like I was when I was sixteen. <laughs> but no knock on people who do that at all. We, you know, everybody plays their part in this world, so. With that being said, I just knew I wasn't uh, ordinary body because I was always bigger than everybody. So I kind of knew at an early age. And then when I started to taking it seriously and started like training um, more specifically, I kind of knew that I had a chance to play ball on a, on a higher level. Cool. Did, did you try out different sports? 
Yeah, I played basketball. I played um, baseball. I played softball. I played, um, what else did I do? I did uh, a little bit of track, but mainly once I got, like, in high school, uh, I was big on lifting weights. So, like, after ninth grade, I kind of shut everything down. I really focused in on football. Were there any celebrities? It doesn't even have to be an athlete that, like, inspired you to get into sports or, or like, somebody who said, oh, I want to play in front of this guy or I want to play with this guy or I want to be like this guy? Well, um... I remember when uh, I first got like uh, direct TV or cable, and that's when NFL Network was on. So I used to watch that. I mean, I used to come home from school, either it was a cooking channel or it was NFL Network. <laughs> so I had a chance to learn from like just see what all those former guys tell their stories, see all the uh, top ten shows, all the uh, football life shows. So I just and you didn't. Watching guys like Warren Sapp, so I kind of like wanted to always, you know, step in their footsteps and be a part of that. So I grew up watching the Alabamas and the Auburns and watching the Miami Hurricanes. Because when I was growing up, the, uh, the when I became football, came to football as far as the IQ part of it, Miami was always on the top dog. So I always wanted to be a Miami Hurricane. I always wanted to play for an Auburn or, or Florida or, you know, so just seeing that. And then I grew up in the 90s, so my, me and my uncle used to watch the Cowboys every single week. So then guys like Larry Allen and Neon Dion and Michael Irving and all those guys and Harper and all me. So just seeing all of that, I kind of wanted to, like, they they gave me the idea that I wanted to play. But not just saying one person that I wanted to see, but just overall having favorite players. I always wanted to at least meet them, like a Peyton Manning or Marvin Harrison. So guys like right. that, then having the chance to actually meet these guys, like Ray Lewis or Ron Bettis, you know that. So stuff like that. That's one thing I envy. Like you mentioned, like Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders. Like I, w- I wish, like obviously we grew up on on watching that line football network as the analysts, but right. I just wish we could have seen them play. Because obviously there's nobody like them. Mm-hmm. Even though you say there's, you know, there's the Michael Thomases and the Odell Beckhams. Nobody's like, like Michael Irvin. And then no, nobody's like Deion Sanders. Nobody. Uh, or Jerry Rice, man. People, man, Jerry Rice. Uh, Jerry Rice. Meeting uh, Fred Taylor. And, um, man, I've met so many guys that I, like, watch. Like, wow. I mean, some of those guys have been at the end of their career. But just even playing with a guy like Dennis Dixon, I watched him at Oregon when Oregon just forget the uniforms and watching him. And then a couple years later, this guy, this guy actually my roommate and we're on the same team. So just stuff like that, man. It's just. It just made that journey, like, real, real special. Cool. Antoine, Anthony here. Pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure to meet you. Um, so just backtracking a little bit. When you were coming out of college going undrafted, right? Mm-hmm. And for, like, once, kind of, you probably had, like, what, a couple weeks to decide or a couple days to decide. Were you, like, when you teams were calling you and stuff, did you have a team in, uh, in mind where you wanted to go and who you wanted to sign with? Well, it's kind of strange because I've got I had like a third or fourth round grade, and then had like a fifth round grade, and then I got called in the fifth and sixth round, and we're gonna take you right here. Then it's just my phone never rung, or guys calling you, telling you, telling me stay by your phone. We might take you right here, or so I remember uh, seventh round. The Ravens call was like, "Hey, we're done picking our guys. It was gonna be between uh, X, Y, and Z, and you. We ended up taking him." which was fine. So 
uh, they was like, but we want to extend you an opportunity to come, you know, be a Raven uh, as a high priority for agent. This was the seventh round. This is for draft was even over with. So I like, immediately I accepted it because I knew I watched that team for four years, knock on the door every year, and then I, it's it's kind of like I kind of figured it's gonna be between them or New Orleans. So I figured, okay, New Orleans didn't draft me; they drafted another guy. So when the Ravens called, I was already. Kind of more of like a 16th, I felt, but I always knew that either it was going to be because I fit the system so well. I, uh-huh. either one of those one of those AFC teams. Yeah, and you you picked a good year to sign with them too. <laughs> anyway, I do because every year they got closer and closer, and I knew, and even my agent had good ties with that team because he had a, a few players on that team as well. So with a Joe Flacco and a, um, a Gino. Uh, I forget Gino Grankowski and guys like that that was that was on their way there and guys were already there, so I already knew what type of pedigree that they were looking for in the offensive line. Yeah, yeah, you played. We played with some greats then. Yes, that, sir. That awesome. team was pretty special. That playoff run was absolutely remarkable. How was it like playing in the blackout? That was the blackout year, right? In the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, man, that was that was crazy. Um, wow, that was. That whole day was just like I was in the even though I didn't play it. Most of the rookies didn't play that game, but but just to actually you know, live up to that moment and actually be there and help that team contribute to that or whatnot, um, and being up on the field, I was actually wanting to like stay for the halftime. Like, well, I'm not playing, so can I stay for the halftime show? Coach, was like, who performed? Do you remember? Say it again. Who performed? Do you remember? Yeah, they performed. So, oh, wow, she ended up. Performing and then we was we was on it we was whipping the ass man and then I remember the lights went out and then it <laughs> took a while to get back but I mean that was it was that was a great one of the most remarkable Super Bowls you ever you know encounter because of that happening and then the actual comeback and stopping those guys from winning so and then it's Ray Lewis last year it's a lot of guys last year on that team so it was a very very inspirational moment that was, that was also Harbaugh versus Harbaugh right. Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a great week, man. What was that speech like before the game when he's talking about his brother beating his brother? Oh, we were hearing that all week. We heard that all season because their dad <laughs> uh, talk about uh, Muhammad Ali. We had Muhammad Ali. <laughs> we had a Muhammad Ali show up uh, during wow. during the playoffs uh, to come and talk to us. Well, just to come and show his presence because his dad, they, their dad, knew him. He always talks about yeah. him. So. Wow. We've been hearing about that all year. And, I mean, even the guys who was there before I got there heard about this story a long time. So it's just good to see those stories play out on ESPN all week. And then, But just actually and having guys that I know that play for other hardball at, at Stanford. So it's just – it was a good it was a good time. And it was just – it's very funny, too, because, you know, them tell their, their side of the story. Wow. Do you, are you a boxing fan? Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, recently I've, I've, I've kept a few guys, but, you know, I've, I've – I grew up on Mike Tyson and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so you kind of talked about the NFL Network. Like, were there other sports that you enjoyed watching growing up? What's do you, right now? Is football your favorite sport to watch? I mean, I, I watch. I actually like college football, but yeah. But I okay. actually watch. I, I agreed. I, I love the Olympics. I love watching track. I love watching sports. Like, um, to me, baseball. If I'm not playing, it's kind of boring. But uh, I love watching the uh, motocross sports. That was very exciting. I love watching um, just all different weird sports on those those crazy ESPN channels. So I'll, I mean, just learned about those different sports. Even too, I love watching pin relays because um, track is very big where I'm from. So I just try my best to try to understand other sports too. Even 
watching some of those rugby matches. I don't know what's going on, but I like watching. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about rugby. It's just like pure violence. It's exactly and, what and I want to see. It's, it's violent. It's speed. It's strategy. Yeah. It's fun. It's excitement. So I love it. Absolutely. I so let's let's shift gears a little bit. So, want to get your thoughts on music? Like, how? What is your relationship with music right now? Do you play any instruments? No, I don't. But music is my life, man. I, you know, I come from a not say a musical background, but I grew up in a house where everything involved music, especially on Saturdays, cleaning the house. And then, like, I was always the type of kid that, like, I just go into my mom like her big deck of tape, listen to all her old school tapes, and. I'm a hip hop head to the fullest. I love, you know, the '90s R&B. I love different uh, artists now, as far as not just art, not just hip hop and rap, but like uh, contemporary, alternative, um, you know, just different genres. I love if it sounds good, I love it. So, but as far as instruments, I tried playing the drums at church. <laughs> so I love the drums. <laughs> it was a great tempo of the church crowd I mean, of the church music. So. I always find myself now listening to instrumentals or, or a lot of beats. So I love the the beats and instrumental part of it. But as far as I played bass drum in middle school in our um, band class, uh, I tried to play the clarinet a little bit. I tried to play the xylophone, uh, but I was, good. <laughs> I was pretty good with my two and four on the bass drum. Nice. Good stuff. So you said you're, you said you're a hip hop head? Look, yeah, yes, sir. So last week on our pilot episode, I don't know if you listened yet, but we had a quick debate on top five rappers of all time. Do you want to give us your top five? See, that's hard because it's going to always change for me. But my it top is, and it's rappers, tough. It's tough. Because I like the, because I grew up, I'm kind of like, I grew up in the era where my dad, my dad's era as far as the, the, the beginning of hip hop and then my era in the 90s and then the 2000s, but if I would have to pick five five of the top rappers, uh, um, Nas would definitely be in that top five. Um, <laughs> Let's go. Uh, no Scar order, no order. Scarface? Scarface would be in my top five. Uh, if, if people argue just about, you know, them being, you know, a group or not, but definitely um, under 83,000 would be in my top five. There we go. We got a... <laughs> I, I gotta throw my guy in, my guy Saha the Prince, man. He's very little. Wow, he is. Um, a wild card, I would think. Uh, man, because there's so many, man. There's so many like top five. So many, so many. Because you could talk about, uh, you could talk about lyricism. You could talk about all that. But I, um, and then I would say that that number five. Just this is not in any order, but that number five, I would have to go with a DMX. All right, that's a, re a respectable top five. We had I, I had a lot of trouble with it as well. I had to leave Nas off my top five, which was difficult to do, obviously. Yeah, but, but it could be one of your favorite rappers. Doc. I mean, because I feel like I love like man. Somebody asked me tomorrow with my top five. You're gonna hear a ball of a ball MJG. You're gonna hear <laughs> um, a mystical. You're gonna hear. Uh, yeah. You go hear a lot, man. Like so, but I, I hate when everybody try to use the same like, oh, Jay Z, Biggie, Nas, Tupac. <laughs> Ooh, but right. like, you gotta stay now, man. Some of these guys now got some lyrics for your ass, bro. Like it's 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 a lot of whack stuff out, but it's a lot of dope stuff. But at the same time, for sure. it's so much music out that you can figure out what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, Grand Puba. People slip on Grand Puba. 
I don't know Grand Poobah. Oh man, Grand Poobah. <laughs> um, brand Nubian. The uh, like an '80s group, like around the um, like Fat Joe and I'm I'm very hip hop, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. No, it, your top five was like an interesting mix of old and new because you had DMX, Scarface, but then like I've never heard Sci High the Prince on a top five. I don't think. Who do you think writes? All of Kanye. All right, I'm gonna give you guys like we can say friends after this too. I just look because we were talking about music and I like getting you guys to take as far as giving me some artists too. But when you get a chance this tonight or tomorrow, listen to this album, uh, No Dope on Sundays, the Side of Prince's album, No Dope, No Dope on Sundays, No Dope, No Dope. No dope. <laughs> That's Church Days. I exactly. have. <laughs> it's a great concept, man. And then even too, people talk about top ten albums. Like man, it, we can go on and on, bro. Well. <laughs> Well, Top the 10 albums one, is so hard. The number one album is Illmatic. That, there's just no choice there. No, yeah. Illmatic's the number one album. There's just no yeah. choice. I don't, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I would, nah. Graduation yeah. for me. I yeah. Graduation but, for you, Stevie? See, graduation, I, I, Kanye. If it's, if it's Kanye, it's got to be My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the debate. If you talk about, yeah, that's... that's I just listened to that the uh, actual Dakota episode on um on Spotify. I talk about that. Yes, I would say that's probably Kanye's best album, but my favorite Kanye album is Late Registration. Late Registration Because <laughs> I'm a so wrong. Because I'm a time period guy. I go through like, all right, what was I going through in that time period? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I kind of view books and music. Like, all right, I had a mix. I had a mix CD for every every workout I had going to high school. I had, uh, for every recruitment that I had a mixtape just to listen to in my, my little MP3 player or like a CD deck. So it's like, but that Kanye West late registration is one of my favorite albums. Uh, one of, another one of my favorite albums is Talib Kweli and DJ High Tech. Train of Thought album, The Reflection of Eternal. So most yeah. black on both sides. Stuff it's, so, it's, it's, it's hard, bro. <laughs> it's hard. It is. Talib Kweli was on all of Kanye's earlier songs on late registration and college rap album. Yeah. 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 You can't go wrong. It's Kanye's first five albums. I mean, you really can't go wrong. Like up until yeah. my beautiful Dark Twist Fantasy. I mean, they're all like they're all tens in my book. Yeah. Like even college dropout, late registration, graduation, eight oh eight. Eight oh eight was a little little iffy. Yeah. Uh, was, I like eight oh eight. Late registration and like I'm sorry, um college dropout bro is part of like a breath of fresh air for like every kid who loves like genuine music. Yeah. yeah. Big facts. Yeah. So speak keeping on music right now. So when I played football, um, I lit my pregame music was weird. Like I had like Marvin Gaye. I had um it's weird. It was weird. It was such a random source. It was like Marvin Gaye, Kanye, like classic rock and roll or whatever. So if you're like, do you base your pregame music per game who you're facing, or is it just one playlist, you're going to run that through every single game. You're not going to change anything up. Or is it like a certain genre? Like, what, what do you like to, what, what did you like to listen to for games? I'm, I'm all over the place because let's take high school for it, for example. So I was in high school from 2004, 2008. So ninth grade, it was the Carter, the first Carter, the Young Jock album. It was mm. all that. That's riding to the, the field house. Then nice. when I'm in my own zone, it's like, it's like, um, Eight Ball, MJG, UGK, some. Uh, I was a huge fan of that Rihanna song. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that was my hey, That was my shit, bro. And then, um, 
I, it was just a, a, a weird, like, you might have some bone thugs and harmony. You might have some, uh, some Devin the Dude. I was, it's very Southern, but then I had a uh, Queen. Uh, I have a list of demands. That song I had, like, it was, it was, I had a weird playlist too. Wow. I still do, but it's so then, random. Uh, um, then it was the Jeezy album, the first Jeezy album. That was soundtrack mm. of, of, the, of the year. And then it was Usher's album, Confessions, all that stuff, man. So, oh my God, man. That was, that's like one of my earliest, like, hip hop memories, Confessions. And then you have T Pain. T Pain was, was popping. Ooh. I grew up on the on the uh, the Little John Snap era, so all that man, the, the Atlanta. Now I was right by Atlanta too, like an hour away from Atlanta where I grew up. So yeah. So I, I like to answer your question. I have a very like wide variety of my playlist. I'm the same way. I think I think that goes for everybody, honestly. Like I don't play football, I play baseball, but everybody's got their guilty pleasure. Like no song hides me up like uh, since you've been gone, Kelly Clarkson. Right. That <laughs> that shit. That shit. Oh. I mean, you you bump that, you bump that. It's it's over. You're just right. you're ready for the rest of the day. You're ready for the week. I'm ready on, to go. That's on Brother by Rihanna for me. I also, I also <laughs> on the, uh, the 50 Cent mixtape era, like when. So I had a hey, my brother was in college too, so he was sending me stuff from his laptop, and then I had the CD man outside. You had you know the you CD had, man. You had LimeWire and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, 50s patiently waiting album i just like i remember it was like the first like rap album i listened to and i was just like i am 50 cent like let's go like this is who i'm listening to now like i can't wait to be a rebel against my parents and like show them the new music that i'm listening to <laughs> yeah, yeah we both my, my parents they were kind of lenient though with that um but that's why i could only grow up speaking of that um my dad was like that too with music we can listen to like everything like no limit to catch money to to rap a lot and all that but my dad will never listen to stuff on our own unless it was Outkast or Goody Mob or the, or the Dungeon mm. Dungeons. They were speaking more about just the flashy calls and, and getting girls. They were speaking about, you know, stuff that's going on right now in the world. They were talking about just self-elevation and, you know, knowing yourself as a black man and knowing yourself as a, as a person and what you stand for. So all that stuff, all the country's rap. So, like, that was stuff that we could buy on our own. But, like, as far as, like, DMX was cool, too, speaking of songs. So... It was it was kind of the same boat. Yep. Do you do you think we're missing that like substance in today's music? No, I, I don't because I feel like it's so much like a you take a you can take a, a trippy red for that crowd. Everybody has their own crowd like a trippy red, or you have a Travis Scott which I love, or you have a Freddie Gibbs who's still um, a mixture of and, and, and consciousness too. You have. Um, you have Griselda, who's straight bars except for West Side Gun, but he's 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 dope too. But you have all you have a you have, so everybody has their has their, their niche. So no, not I mean it's something for everybody nowadays, right? Absolutely, I think that's the beauty of streaming. It makes it so much easier to listen to music at yeah. the snap of your finger, and so much easier to share it too. So it's like a lot of people that you might have never heard of in your life, but you look on his page, you got twelve million followers. Like who is yeah. this? Dude? <laughs> for so. sure do you fo- do you follow anyone to like get your stream of music in well um a lot of my friends we send each other music and stuff and like we always keep each other tapped in to what's out there and then um i follow artists that i'm a fan of like, a, like one of my favorite artists is, is, is currency and, uh, and less and pretty good so i kind of follow their little trees that they have and i follow like um Travis Scott with Don Tolliver. Like I like to like all my favorite 
favorite guys is uh, artists and whatnot. So, and that's how I get on with that. And I also, too, just Instagram. And then, you know, I'm like, but I've always been very, very strategic with music. And then, too, I learned about how Apple makes a playlist for you for every drummer. They make you a wake-up playlist. They make you a, a chill playlist. They make you a new music playlist. Stuff like that, you find new music. For sure. So let's switch gears again a little bit. Antoine, um, I've heard that you are big on meditation. Is that true? I am. I am. How often do you meditate? I meditate at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. But when stuff gets hectic, like back in office settings, do it like two or three times a day. For how, how long? Like five minutes? or Five minutes. Five minutes. The most I probably do is 12, but that's when I like on weekends. But it's quick five minutes because, I mean, you don't really need that much. I listen to Gothic meditation. So it's like yeah. so many, like, you know, on a positivity, uh, change of mind, change of heart, um, letting go. It's, it's a lot of stuff that, like, when I'm feeling that morning, I'll type it in and then I, I'll find me one that I, that I like and then I'll do it. Do you have a, Do you have an app at all, or you just use YouTube? No, I mean those apps just try to charge for like ridiculous amounts. But I just use YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Okay. or music has a bunch of them too. Ten ninety nine a month to get stuff for free on YouTube makes no or, or even if you're gonna pay that subscription, why not just get Apple Music and then you can use those? Yeah. They have people on YouTube have their albums on Apple Music. So like, yeah, man, I beat the system. <laughs> or or I can exactly. Or I can set my timer for five minutes and then just relax. Yeah. Right. Right. I feel like there's sometimes like the stigma of like meditation. Like you have to like sit with your legs crossed and you know your fingers fingers in the circles. So I'm curious, like what's your routine? How do you how do you start? Well, for one, meditation can just be staring at something. That's meditate or just being present in the moment. So how I do it is I either go out back on the patio with my speaker. And do that, but I close my eyes and I just listen and I listen to what they're saying and I just relax. I take deep breaths, or I lay down. Sometimes when I first started, I, just, I was laying down doing it, and then, but I'm kind of like, I got a lot better at it. So it was like I might sit against the wall with my legs crossed and then just take my breaths, listen to what they're saying. Um, there's no right or wrong way to do it as long as you're like focused and you like present, right. But your mind is going to they, and they and they say it too. If your mind starts to wander, focus on your breath. Stevie, is have you guys ever meditated, or do you do you meditate? Um, my high school coach used to just always tell me to meditate, but I was just like, what do I need to meditate for? But I think I do. I haven't tried it yet, but I want to try it. I just have like awfully bad patience. Where like, I bro, just type in, go to YouTube tonight. All three y'all, if y'all want to, all right. just type in. Five minute guided meditation, and you'll just do one. Put your headphones on and just sit your ass down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll follow up too. I'll follow up. I'll let you know how it goes. Follow yeah. up. So I I meditate every day for fifteen minutes. I use I use Headspace actually, Antoine. Uh -huh. Have you Have you tried Headspace or no? Yeah, I try Headspace. I try Calm. I yeah. try um, the Morning Miracle app. I think I tried all of them, but you know, yeah, yeah. Eight hundred dollars, bro. When I could just get stuff. Like from from YouTube or Apple. totally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I totally feel that. The um, how how long have you been meditating for? Um, since two thousand and six, when I got cut from the Cardinals, man, I dealt with a lot of a lot of bad anxiety, and I just mm -hmm. everything just felt like I don't know. So 
instead of like I told myself, man, I'm just gonna stop begging God, man, and just put it out there, and then whatever I whatever I want is gonna come to me. But in the meantime, I could pray all I want. I just got to keep moving. But I gotta find something every day because praying for me wasn't enough. It was like I know what I'm praying for. I know it's gonna come. So in the meantime. I gotta focus my mind on something else. I gotta focus. So then I started doing that. My my eating habits changed. My uh, thought process changed. I've always been a laid back guy, or whatnot. But I just think, and then in that time, I just oh, then I started to really like get in tune with it. Even to meditating outside and then feeling the sun on my face, and then when I'm breathing, I feel the sun pulsating and it just channeling your energy. You'll see what I mean once you guys get into it. So, so about four years. It's, I think it's, I, I, Stevie, like it, it's interesting that you brought up that stigma aspect to it. Um, because I, I guess I was kind of afraid to start meditating as well. I've been meditating for um, close to a year now consistently. And it's not scary in, in the way that you think it is. And like, it's That's not scary. because, you know, people, I, I mean, like Stevie just said, you know, you kind of have this thought in your head that like it's just, you're doing nothing for 15 minutes and you're sitting cross-legged and this is very spiritual experience. No, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's it's different. It's different than what you're used to. Yeah, it's hard for some, but yeah. man, I had nothing to lose, bro. I, I felt like I was in my rope. I felt like, I don't know, man, that's probably the lowest I felt in my life. Like, man, Jesus Christ is like, because you, you're dealing with identity crisis. I remember just like, thinking to myself, what the hell happened? I go from doing my thing to sitting at home. And then, like, you you spending money training. You still got to pay bills. you like, Jesus Christ. And I was a practice squad, like, actually got up and down. So I made, I made some good money, but, like, I didn't make security money. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. yeah. and then you started paying stuff. I was never coming back. You're like, oh, my God. So I had to find something, man. Then my lady was at the time was driving me crazy because she was, like, freaking out. So... I was like, I can't be the one who is freaking out too. I got somebody got to have a cool head. So I started meditating, man. I mean, what can I do? I gotta sit back and let God work, man. So yep. I just no doubt. and focusing on just my energy level and then I just start seeing life from a different lens. Absolutely. Good for you for being able to find an outlet and being able to switch it, you know, to turn your life around. I think that's amazing. Right. I even too, man. I'm, I'm not. I'm not scared. I know we talking about meditation. I'm, I'm very passionate about it, so I know I'm talking a lot. But my thing is with meditation. Like I get sometimes I get very teary after I finish because I feel like a release. I'm not boo right. but I always thought it was like something like okay, that's weird. But then when I was in New York, I used to always go meditating in um in these rooms or whatnot in, in, uh, in Lower East Side. And then when I finish, I'm like boohoo crying. I went to a breathing. I went to a breathing uh, meditation in Tampa. That was my first time, like crying, and I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't really like crying. I wasn't emotional. I was just, but then I felt so good the rest of the day. Yeah, so that that's awesome. Is what I feel like that's the equivalent of people when they go to church and they're like crying, praying and they're crying, and and they feel like a weight has like shifted. That's how I feel. I've experienced the same thing. I think it's just, you know, very rarely in life these days do we take time to only be with ourselves, only be with our thoughts. And meditation provides that opportunity, and it's very special.
Yes, it's man, it's dude, it's totally changed my life, dog. And it's like, and I encourage you guys too, man. If you guys, with you guys' relationship with partners, man, make sure, like, not saying make sure, but like, if you have a partner or your wife or whatnot, or whoever you're like involved with, and both of y'all meditate, man, it's dude. You're talking about the mental clarity both you guys have and the cohesion that you have. Great tip. Definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm still on the um, market, so. Is <laughs> <laughs> it single, ladies and gents? I've been single for five years. Yeah, it's okay. No, it's going. We're having fun. <laughs> what do you say? We're all, we're all 23. Yeah. Y'all all 23? Yeah. I'm 22, soon to be 23. Hey, bro. Y'all, hey, man. Continue to learn who you are and what you like and what you don't like. I, I say that to be 23 continue to to learn and grow man then it'll come when it comes bro no doubt yeah and you said something earlier that i totally agree with no matter you know no matter what religion you are no matter what you believe in you know if you just gotta take it out of your hands you know but whether you let god handle it or whatever right. let something else handle it because it's out of your hands and just it's let hard. it be and, and the thing about it is it's hard man it's it that's not an easy thing to do if you're not used to like you have to figure out everything for your life, but then I feel like you start to learn how much God got your back when you can't do anything. You got to just sit your ass down and let it happen. <laughs> right. And right. be open. The biggest thing is for me was just being open to it because I was like so stuck in, I want to be here. I want I want to be on this team where I want to play football. I want to do this and that. But when I like started meditating, letting go, man, and just like whatever happened, like everything around me started to shift the people, my opportunities, my thought process. It wasn't hard, man. It sucked ass, but it helped me a whole lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think Stevie to that point, one and, and Antoine, tell me if you agree. I think one of the best benefits of meditation is it helps you realize and recognize which aspects of your life you do have control over and which you are free to let go. Right. And then, you know, you can action on the ones that you do have control over, obviously. Right. And it's a constant battle, too, man. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's like you could be cool about it one day, but then some some other scenario might come up and you're back to trying to fight resist. But like once you like mature enough to calm down and like realize that, why was I tripping in the first place? Right. For sure. So, Antoine, is there... um? Anything like so culture wise, like fashion and whatnot, when you got into the league, did you have to did you see your like sense of style have to drastically change because of the people you were around? Or was there anyone that you were around that helped you transition into a like a deeper fashion and like game day fits and whatnot? No, nah, no, nah, I've always been nah. my my parents, my mom was a very good dresser, but I was always a sneakerhead growing up. I could yeah. never have all the shoes I wanted, but I got the ones I wanted. But, like, my mom even told me it was my, my rookie year. She was like, you did say when you get to where you're going to go, you're going to buy all the shoes you wanted. So, like, I filled my room up and my mom had <laughs> all my shoes that I could wear because I got so many where I'm living at. So, like, <laughs> sneakerhead. Like, Jordan's too, like, it's not just Jordan. It's, like, it's Adidas. It's Nikes. It's uh, Pro Rex. It's, um... Nike ACGs, uh, all this man. I'm a sneakerhead, bro. Air Force Ones is my favorite shoe because I can customize my Air Force Ones. They go with anything. Um, yeah, sir. They look good on big feet, so they look good on my feet. 
they look good with with a, with a khakis and a button down. They look good with a with a khakis and a blazer and a tie. They look good with a cardigan. But then, like, I had like, I mean, I got so many pairs of shoes, bro. Like, I got all brands. What are your grails, Antoine? My what? Your grails. My grails. Yeah, like your all-time favorite shoe. Oh man, therefore it, it would have to be the Air Force One. But my all-time favorite shoe would be the the Jordan Elevens uh, with the blue gum bottoms. I'm, I don't know what their name. Hold on, the Gamma Blue, the Gamma Blues, right? These puppies. Yeah, but the white, but the all white ones. Oh, oh so they're like the Concords. The, the, no, but with the no, blue. They, oh, they're all white with the bottom of a blue. Oh, oh yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Those, so I was just, I was a sneakerhead myself in high school. Those like all Air Jordan fours. But my all-time favorite sneaker would have to be the Air Force One. Man, I'm sorry. Did you did you have like a shoe that when it like dropped like you're like I have to have this shoe like there's no way about it like mm-hmm. the one most memorable drop you like you were a part of. When the Black Cats came out in like 2004, I was lucky enough to get them because they had my size, I had the money, and it was a big event coming up. And I was like the only one that had them. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you were the freaking man. You had, to, you had to show them up. I had the money to get them. I had, man, <laughs> I had the outfit, man. You, I was like, boy, I looked up this weekend. Do you still and, got them? No, I ain't up. Man, I'm dogging them shoes out. But um, I want to get a new pair of them. But I mean, shoes are shoes, bro. I'm not. I love shoes, but like, I'm not gonna be like, you know, butt hurt because I like messed them up or whatnot. I am, but I have so many pairs too. Like, dang, I messed my shoes up. So, but I have so many of my favorite shoes. <laughs> but at that time, nah, I wasn't really, you know, because I was making money. I could buy some more because I was working. What are your yeah. favorite shoes in your collection? My favorite shoes are my oh man, I got so many pairs of shoes. <laughs> uh, my all red uh Jordan Elevens would be I have I don't have just one pair. I'll say my all red Jordan Elevens. Um I just got the um the net the the gray and neon Jordan fours. I love that shoe. Um mm. and I have um and I, I want a pair. I'll say when I get these, these are probably my favorite, my favorite pair. Excuse me, my all red and white Vans. Yeah, <laughs> bro, I I, I been needing a pair of Vans, bro. I've been needing a pair of Vans because like you it's, it's like Air Force Ones. You gotta get the checkered like Vans. Anything. You gotta get the checkered Vans, Stevie. No checkered Vans. No checkered Vans. No. <laughs> I have two of my my all time favorite shoe is I have a custom painted pair of Air Force Ones. But they are um, the Outcast ATL album. Is that uh, is there? There that is that. Actually, they got Outcast painted real big on. The that's a sick album cover. Yes, the comic book. The and then um, my second favorite pair would be my mid top Air Force Ones, but it's Wu Tang. They painted Wu Tang with killer bees. I know the the uh, the Wu Tang Dunks. Is that? But those, these are different. You're saying these are Air Force Ones? No, these ones were actually painted from by someone like a celebrity oh. uh, shoe designer. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Cool. So, is there like a piece of clothing or a watch or a piece of jewelry that you know when you started making consistent money that you had to have? Like, what was what was the most exciting purchase that you that you made? 
the most exciting part that I purchased that I made was getting my car, man, because I was the kid. I was the all-star recruit at my high school with no damn car, and I'm getting a ride home from a 10th grader. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all over ESPN. I'm on TV. I'm in the newspaper every other day with no car, bro. So I was like, so that <laughs> me was like my most like purchase that I like was so overweight, like was overly happy about. But like I already knew that I'm have because I had like shoes in college too because I did a good job of managing my money. I mean, in college, man, it's like you don't have to really buy anything because. You on schedule all day, and they feed you all day. So it's like the money that I did have that I earned or whatnot. I had I just bought what I wanted. So oh, I have a, I have a pair of uh, I'm sorry, I have a pair of those um, the flu games. That's one of my favorite pair of shoes. Yeah, <laughs> so I, mean, I love those. Love those, bro. So those, so some stuff like that. Yeah, but when I got to the league, that was kind of it. Getting my car. What car was it? It was a 2013 Chevy Impala, but you know I had to, I put some nice tires on it. I got, yep. I got like a TV screen. <laughs> so I kept it real, you know, because I was, because I mean, you got to ball I, I out. It. You got to ball out. Yeah, yeah, but it was like it was a really nice car. Like people wanted to buy it, and then, but I think I ended up buying the actual two after my second year. I ended up buying my favorite car. Uh, and I just paid straight cash for it. It was a 2000, I mean, it's a 1996 Chevy Impala. Mm. Wow. And I had, I blacked it out, the black rims, got the interior done. I got the, I got the, I put a new motor in it. I kind of rebuilt it. So that it's was my, baby. yeah, that was my favorite car. And then that's what that probably be my, my most, you know, luxurious uh, purchase, I think. Cool. My dad is also a huge Impala guy. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I kinda, car. yeah, that car. That's that's a nice collector's item, man. I was I was so happy when I bought that car, and it was so fast, and I loved that car. And it was, it had a lot. It was a loud. It had pipes on it and everything, but it wasn't too loud to where it woke people up. You still have it? No, no, no. I sold it. Um, I didn't. I mean, I didn't need two cars anymore. I don't even have my first car anymore. I end up. Trading that car in for what I have. I have a, um, I have a Chrysler 300. And I'm done. I'm done paying nice. that So I just, I don't know, man. I, I didn't need two cars at the moment, so I kind of sold it. And the kid was doing that. That wanted it. His dad wanted to buy it because his kid was doing good in school. Um, he was doing very well with grades, and he was going to school for football. And he kind of he begged me to buy that car, and I sold it to him because his kid was doing really good. Wow. I wasn't gonna sell it to anybody. I wanted like you know. Somebody would take care of it. Yeah, that's a that was probably a tough sell for you. No, it wasn't because I didn't at the time. I didn't need. I was thinking like, all right, I need to. I was to move to Canada to play for Calgary, and I was thinking like, my mom just gonna keep messing this car up because she don't know how to drive. <laughs> my mom, mom scratching my rims. I'm like, yo, like, all right, so. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> It's an older car, even though I had put new stuff on it. When you let it sit for a while, it kind of like, you know, it starts to like, you know, be herky-jerk. So I got tired of getting it fixed or getting like, getting it redone and all that. So I just, just sold it. I was really going to sell it to somebody who like, really yeah. going to take Was there any culture shock there between Calgary and, and being in the U.S.? Yeah, I was like the only black guy. Well, they kind of knew because <laughs> I was like, they was like, okay. You're a big black guy, so we know you play football for that team over there. 
Oh, <laughs> so other than that, man, I mean, it wasn't really a coach. I mean, I've been, I mean, I'll be ready for it. But I mean, I, I don't mind traveling that and being the new guy. So, right, it wasn't. It was cold as hell in, in July, but it was beautiful place, man. You're playing football, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, uh, when you retired from football, how hard was it for you to uh, put a suit on every day and go to work? That it was it not fun at first? It it, it was, it wasn't hard because I knew what I had to take care of what I take care of. So it was like it sucked, but it wasn't hard because I had to do what I had to do. Um, yeah, you got to make that bread. Yeah, I gotta you know keep paying the rent and I gotta keep you know building my my career. So, so it was it was it sucked and it you know. I ain't gonna lie, man. I cried sometimes going home because I felt like, what did I do? <laughs> but it sucked. This sucked so bad. But I was never the one that's gonna be like sitting and waiting around for another opportunity when I can just continue to work until something happens. But yeah, so you you did you did a two a couple jobs before you got into uh, the assistant coach with uh, Dabo, right? That yeah. Well, I actually so when I got cut from the Cardinals. Uh, I didn't get signed back at all that that season, but I had a bunch of workouts out of Green Bay, the Giants, uh, Cincinnati. None of the people would pull the trigger. All right, well, we'll keep you on. And then I got a call back when I think when Mike Ayupati went down, but they ended up signing another guy. So I ended up going to finish my degree that January, and then I was uh, assisting with you know to. I mean, the Giants aren't pretty aren't too smart then because we needed all the offensive line help we've could have used the yeah, last. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> yeah. you can play right now. You can play right now for them. Seriously, I'll take you right now. I'm done, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm done with football. So done with football. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I, you. I coached for a little bit too. I coached um, semi-pro. Um, that was fun. Different, but it was fun. If uh, do you have any kids? I have no kids. I have two nieces, a nephew, and I have three god kids. That's enough for me right now. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. Um, I was married when I have kids, man. I always wanted my wife to have my kid or my or um, my fiance. I kind of wanted to, you know. I never wanted to just. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah. Can't tie up stuff that's not there to be tied, you know. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted my kids to have a two parent home. I, I know at, at a younger age I wasn't. I mean, I would never have to do, but I kind of knew that people that I was with it, that wasn't the thing I was. Can I was focused on football too? I didn't. I'm saying I was scared to double that, but I didn't know how to. I was like, playing it safe, so it was. Yeah, awesome. But I did want my wife, the person I was going to marry and be married to, to have my kid. Kids, sure. would you like? If you had a if you had a boy, would you let him play football? That'll be his choice. I mean, I would, you know, put the the the, the ball in his crib and take him to all the games. And I mean, I'm still in I'm still in sports too. But no, my kid could play basketball. Look at how many kids, dad, who played basketball, that they son played in the NFL. Look at how many guys that played baseball and they son playing football. So it's like no, right? Play for my kid. I mean, I'm gonna help like influence to like. To do something other than come home after school, like <laughs> yeah, whether, that, whether, that, whether that's chess club, the band, whether that's swimming, anything, man. Like so, 
Yeah, the, the only reason why I asked was because I feel a lot. Sometimes you hear former players come out and say they, they wouldn't let their kids like endure the pain that they went through or whatnot. But I'm like surprised by it because you think that like um, someone who played at like the highest level would kind of mm-hmm. want their kid to follow up. But I also see where they don't want their kid to destroy his brain because they they know what it's like to take a hit and whatnot. But that's why I think it's important to teach your son the game. I, I, I'm not talking about exercise. Though. I'm taking them, talking about teaching them how to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, learn absolutely. Courses and learn about how to be smart right now. So when you're done playing, that's the biggest thing what guys get mad about. But you know what you're signing yourself up to. You yeah. sign yourself up for this, like so you already know. So let's like teach them to be more responsible off the field, and then teach them the right techniques to be safe and still play at a high level. Absolutely. No, I wouldn't tell my son. No, I just teach him the way. Yeah, because there's so many people that are just so poorly coached, and you just see these injuries for no reason. Yeah, I think about even growing up. I mean, I grew up in the you know, I would say not pretty tough environment, but people volunteering, so they just want to help guys out. So it's like they don't have the. Some of them didn't have like the you know the background to coach. They just wanted to help out. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you have guys who who was taught by bad coaches and still teaching and teaching that bad technique throughout the, their career. So it's like you know, it's the right way of doing it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Always the right and the wrong way. If if you could go back and and tell your eighteen year old self one thing, what would it be? Man, it would be take advantage of opportunities. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid to be flexible with different. Opportunities and positions, I would say too, man. Don't worry, dog. Just ball. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. All right. If you ball and you just stay focused, well, I've always been a focused kid, but it's just not, don't beat yourself up and just ball, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that's universal advice in any aspect of life. Right. 100%. So we're, we're nearing an hour. Um, Antoine, where where do you see your career going from here? Okay, so I'm in student development. I just say this: I know my goal is to be uh, a director of student athlete. I mean, a director of player development for for a college team, or um, director of player engagement for an NFL team. But my ultimate goal is to one day, you know, be an executive executive director. Um, and you know, maybe a GM one day, but um, but like, yeah, this is my overall goal. I see myself in 10 years, man. I'll be 40 years old. I see myself, um, uh, with a lot of stability as far as the things that I wanted to do off the field, like owning a barbershop, owning multiple, multiple properties and helping people with their, with their living arrangement. And then having, uh, either coaching a, a little league team or just having a, not saying comfortable life, but just a life that I will design for myself. That can give back and still be lucrative, and you know, help my kids and me and my wife be partners and stuff like that. So that's where I see myself in ten years. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Not, not a bad place to be, right? Because I know yeah. football. I, I didn't. I didn't reach my highest plateau. So now just finding that what's the next thing as far as what's that next. And I, 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 I think it's for me. It's, it's sharing my story and helping guys succeed. No doubt. I mean, you have Great a platform. Story. You have the platform, you have the experience, so might as well take advantage of it, of it, right? Right. And have some fun and travel while I'm doing it, man. Yeah, that's so important. Yes, 
You just can't forget about us when you get into the an NFL front office. <laughs> oh man, I like y'all guys. Y'all guys know music, so I, hey, we are gonna definitely be like in contact. Cause I like okay, they know about what I'm talking about. Like, Hell yeah, let's go. Hell I yeah. Know. I got a pretty keen eye for first round talent, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's about it. Universal, bro. <laughs> Antoine, is there anything else that you want our fans to know about you? Um, well, I mean, I feel like I've been talking enough. I know I just. Oh, I love to read. So, if anybody out there got good books that I can like share with myself as far as self development, anything that you think will help with, just anything. Sci-fi fiction. Um, I'm a huge bookie man. I love books. And then any artist, you know, my uh, my Instagram is uh, at MacLife two five six. That's M A C L I F E two five six. Send me books. Send me content. Send me PDFs. Send me all of the knowledge, man. You got a Twitter? I'm on Twitter at. Uh, wait, let me make sure. <laughs> I'm gonna double check. I'm gonna Right now. Hold on, let me see. Wait. It is. I haven't been on uh, Twitter like that. So, and my Twitter is Mr. Mac256. That's M R M A C 256. I know everybody's like, why do you always have Mac in your name? Because my last name is McLean. All my coaches either call me Mac or Big Mac because, you know, Football and sports go by your last name. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'll just be lazy and abbreviate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you can definitely follow Antoine on Twitter and Instagram. You can check the crossover at uh, the crossover out at uh, Facebook.com slash the crossover, Twitter at it's the crossover, Instagram at the crossover, and most importantly, our newly launched website as of today, www.itsthecrossover.com. That's I-T-S-T-H-E-C-R-O-S-S-O-V-R dot com. Um, our next show, we have an awesome show lined up with Amir Bell and Carl Taylor. Um, Amir is a former D1 basketball player for Princeton University and went on to start his professional career in Italy and now plays point guard in Israel. Um, and Carl was his high school basketball teammate, um, went on to play college ball for Utica, and after graduating, decided to per- pursue another one of his passions in hip-hop. They'll be on together, so we have a great show in store for you. Definitely tune in. Antoine, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have any uh, any parting words? Hey, man. Never second guess yourself. As long as you prepare, and as long as you study, and as long as you know what's going on, never second guess yourself, and never stop learning. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Antoine, thank you. It was literally a pleasure to talk to you. It really was. Thank you. This was awesome. Thank you guys for having keep, me. Keep in touch, man. Seriously. Yeah, we would love to have you back on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, any, like, any segment, anything y'all come up with, I'm down. Cool. Let's go. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Hey, All right. Thank you. Man. Thank you.